Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Thank you for joining us today for the Sabbath podcast. I'm Frank Jackson, a Legacy Church Coordinator with San Antonio Baptist Association. And I'm joined uh, with Dr. Roland, uh, Roland Lopez, who's the church planting consultant for the association. We're honored and privileged to host two nationally recognized leaders in the area of disciple making to lead our discussion. Dr. Craig Etheridge serves as pastor, First Baptist Church, Colleyville, Texas. He also serves as adjunct professor at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and the president of Disciple First Ministries. Dr. Greg Ogden has 24 years experience in pastoral ministry, authored several books on disciple making, including Discipleship Essentials, A Guide to Building Your Life in Christ, which has over 300,000 copies in print. He's also a partner in the Global Discipleship Initiative that trains, coaches, and encourages pastors and Christian leaders to establish disciple-making networks. Today, our focus, uh, the focus of our discussion will be how to overcome the challenges that can sabotage the disciple-making process. But let's begin with a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, you who are Lord God of heaven, you are a great and awesome God. We gather together and celebrate your covenant that's available to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're blessed by the presence of your Holy Spirit who transforms us to be streams of living water in the midst of a desert wasteland of our depraved and rebellious culture. Lord, my prayer is that we would be bold and courageous in proclaiming and living lives that identify us as Christians, proclaiming your love, your redemption, and Lord, through the power of your spirit, may we not be distracted or caught up in the noise, but we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We intercede for our political and social leaders, that they will be humbled before your presence and listening, and choose obedience. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we talk about the relationship challenges, and we experience relationship challenges brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, and then the political as well, uh, social unrest, these are obstacles that sometimes, if we're not careful, are just going to be insurmountable or seem insurmountable in encouraging the family of faith to remain intentional, determined, engaged with the Lord. So, uh, Dr. Ogden, from your experience and your perspective, what are three challenges that you see that can sabotage the church? Well, just three challenges that you see that we're engaged with right now. Well, that, very good question, especially in light of what's going on in our culture now. But I, I would say for as I look back at my own life as as a pastor and leader, uh, it was not always central to my focus that I was to be a disciple maker. I, I, I call this my duh moment. Uh, I was I was pastoring a church in the Silicon Valley and uh you know, we all know what a dull moment is, right? Uh, duh is, uh, there's a truth right in front of your eyes, but you don't see it until it comes clear. And then you say, well, duh. Uh, well, I was passing a church in Silicon Valley, and we decided we needed to have a mission statement for the church. This is late 
80s, early 90s, uh, and the church did not have one. So I appointed a group of elders to meet with me uh, to form one. It was kind of the blind leading the blind in terms of writing this mission statement. Uh, what's supposed to be included in it? What is it supposed to look like when you're done? I, I, we used so much paper. We deforested much of Northern California, I think, with all the paper we put in front of the Council of Elders. Uh, each time we put some statement in front of them, it was kind of like, ho oh, 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 oh. And after about a year and a half of that process, I think they just adopted something out of sheer exhaustion. And, and then I had my duh moment. And that was, oh, Jesus has done all the work for us. <laughs> He's given us the mission of every church, right? Uh, now, we might say it a little bit differently than go and make disciples of all nations and have a, a kind of a clever way of communicating that. But every church's mission should be basically a reflection of the Great Commission and stay focused on that. Uh, I love this statement from C.S. Lewis. And he says, the church exists for no other purpose but to draw men into Christ and to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. It's even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. Uh, so the focus is issue. You know, stay laser focused on the mission that God has given us to do. And that was the message that I got from that duh moment. Oh, come on, Ogden, wake up there, uh, stay focused on this, do everything you can, don't, don't lose that focus. And then sustain the focus. Uh, leadership challenges, as Craig knows, in pastoring a church today, let's just you know look at the COVID-19 challenge. I don't know if your church in Colleyville is open and for, for worship, but my guess is, uh, pastors are spending a lot of their time today just trying to figure out how to reopen their congregations. <laughs> when should we do it? How should we do it? How, we, how do we communicate to our congregation? How do you deal with the congregation? Or on the one hand, you have people saying, what's wrong with you? Don't you touch Jesus? Open up the church. Uh, and others are saying, what's wrong with you? Are you calling us to come back to the church and kill us? What's your problem? <laughs> and we have those people, right? And so what's your attention focused on <laughs> Uh, it's difficult to sustain focus. Distractions uh, amount all the time in terms of emergencies that come up in the church. And so sustaining a focus on disciple making uh, requires accountability, uh, core people that you're working with, and not getting um, out of that focus. Uh, I, I lead a, a cohort of, of four pastors, or actually a number of them, but uh, we're, uh, it's a two-year process I take people through. Why two years? That's a long time. Exactly because sustaining focus is very difficult. If you're trying to lead change in a congregation, uh, it is very hard to stay focused on the, the direction you are going in terms of creating disciple making focus. And then I think the, the third challenge I would say is uh, fear of calling people to the terms of discipleship that are laid out in scripture. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously Jesus says, what? Speaking to a crowd, not speaking to, you know, the elite, not speaking to, to the uh, Navy SEALs of the day, uh, but speaking to the crowd, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. He will save his life, will lose it. He will lose his life for my sake, shall find it. Uh, what is Jesus saying there? 
Here's the terms. Here's the conditions. If anyone wants to come after me, here's what's expected. And that was to the crowds. And so we have to lay out the terms of discipleship exactly in the same terms that Jesus did. Uh, and that can be very frightening because then they'll just go down to that, you know, church down the street that doesn't quite ask as much <laughs> as, as we're asking. So, yeah, that, those are those are those are challenges, I think, for us. Well, hey, thank you very much. That's, wow. and I really appreciate the fact and, and I hope I'm not taking uh, Dr. Etheridge's insight. Um, lots of distractions now. And, and we're trying to encourage pastors and. Stay focused on the mission, Doctor Etheridge. Um, what What is your take on this? Uh, how do you see this as the pastor of First Baptist Church, Colleyville? Yeah, because you're in the middle of the fight right now as a pastor. Yes, we're in the trenches, and we're in the uh, trenches. as Greg said, um, <clears throat> we do live in turbulent times, and there are a lot of things pulling at pastors. And every pastor that's listening to me right now. You are uh, overrun with expectations and uncertainty and change, and so these are these make uh, leading in these days uh, quite precarious. Uh, but we're talking now about challenges to disciple making, and I just want to affirm everything that Greg said. I think understanding what the focus is, maintaining that focus, continuing to model that. It is essential. And um, I just might add a couple of things out of my experience. Uh, one is I think a, a big challenge is just the hurried culture. You know, our people are so busy. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I have had businessmen tell me, you know, Craig, I really want to grow, but man, I'm, I got, I'm slammed at work. And then I've got ball games with my kids on the weekend. I've got that lake house and I've got to go check on every other week. And, you know, and so I, man, I really want to, but man, I'm just so busy. And uh, this isn't anything new. You know, Jesus had other people that said, well, first, let me go do this. First, let me go do that. This is this goes all the way back even uh, to the experience of Jesus. But I do think that a hurried life, a busy life, a, you know, Jesus talked about the sowing the seed among the the uh, weeds and how the weeds choke it out and make it unfruitful. That many people are in the weeds spiritually and they are not bearing fruit because the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things are choking them spiritually. So I think that is a ongoing challenge that we face in trying to encourage and lead people to know and follow Jesus. Um, a, a second challenge is just the uh, desire for immediate results. You know, I think pastors in general, man, I, I've got, I'm declining. I need something to turn this thing around now. I need a silver bullet that's going to fix my problem mm. now. My giving is is in the red. I need to turn that around now. Maybe I'll grab grab uh, Greg's book and maybe that'll you know maybe in three weeks he'll he'll get me back on track again. Um, and so I think there is legitimately this need for once we come to awareness that things aren't going well, which I think Greg mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, there's this almost a desperate uh, desire to quickly move things around. And of course, disciple making is, is a long, uh, a long-term process. It's a long view process of investing and, and developing. Uh, it's not a quick fix um, it, that uh, maybe unlike uh, the church growth strategies, uh, you know, promise. Uh, so I think that this desire mm -hmm. 
for immediate results. You know, Second Timothy 2, 4 through 6, you know, Paul tells Timothy to take on the attitude of an athlete and continue it to compete according to the rules for a farmer continues to plow and, and sow seed. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a farming community in West Texas where everything was flat. I mean, the, the highest elevation in my hometown was the one overpass that went over. <laughs> I mean, there's just, everything was flat as a pancake, but um, I understood farming and that that's a long play. I mean, it's months of cultivating, yeah. weeding and treating watering forever for you to see results and uh but yeah when you go down through the cotton fields you know in december and you see the fruit of it all or the corn you know uh blossoming or the the wheat uh, ready to be harvested there's great joy in that and jesus used a lot of that analogy in talking about disciple making and so i think we as pastors need to always have the long view in mind and that's kind of back to greg sustaining that uh, uh, that uh, message and sustaining that passion over the long haul. So I think that's a challenge, uh, the need for immediate results. And then the last one I would just share is the fact that I think a great challenge is that pastors have not been discipled themselves. You know, as I uh, talk to pastors and invest in pastors across the country, uh, very few pastors, if you said, how many of you were discipled uh, growing up, very few would raise their hands. In fact, I had lunch with um, four prominent pastors in our area, and we had dinner together, and it was great. We had a great time, and somehow the conversation turned to disciple making. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about disciple making, and uh, I'm beating the drum, you know. And um, after that meeting, I had a, a everybody left, but one pastor lingered behind, and he said, "Craig," he said, "I." I got saved in a church and I went to a Bible college and I went straight from there to seminary and then straight from there into preaching. And he said, honestly, I've never been discipled and I don't know what I would do if, if I was to disciple another person. And it was really a moment of vulnerability there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just put my hand on his shoulder and said, brother, the, you're, you're in there with, with the majority of pastors, but we can do this together. This, you know, mm-hmm. God can use you to invest in others and really to make a difference. And so uh, I think a lot of pastors, maybe a lot listening to me right now um, are, are saying, you know, I've never really been discipled. I don't really know what that looks like or how I would do that. Um, I think that's a big challenge and that's a challenge that we we're going to have to learn to overcome. Amen. Good. Well, in light of that, especially in light of what's going on right now with uh, the pandemic response and then uh, the culture acting like the culture is acting and responding and all of the chaos that's being projected on the news, like 24 hour cycle. Um, what are, is there two things that you're doing right now, two best practices that you're going to say, all right, we're trying to make sure we cut through the noise. And this is what we're trying to implement in our church to sustain that momentum or keep the momentum going in disciple making because there's lots of noise now and man it's it's easy to get distracted so are there two things that you and your staff or you and the 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 people who are engaged in disciple making are saying okay here are two things that no matter what and i only use two because you know i'm an old guy now and 
three might be more than I can handle. So, but two things you're saying, yep, these are two things that we have said, this is it. You know, no matter what happens, this is what we're going to do. Does that make sense? Uh, Yes. You know, Frank, uh, I was on a a webinar much like this one uh, with some other pastors, and we were talking about the COVID-19 crisis, which we're all still very much in, uh, even though our church has begun to regather. I mean, it's it's a few, very few, you know, compared to what it was like before. Still, most are online and, and so on. Um, and I, I made a comment then that it's this COVID-19 experience has been like a pop quiz uh, for church ideology. I mean, um, just a week before this outbreak, I was with a, lo- a group of pastors, visionary pastors uh, training of some kind in the Dallas area. And uh, we were talking about, you know, how do we move things forward, blah, 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 all these different kinds of things. And one guy made a comment. Yeah, well, my pastor, all he wants to talk about is COVID-19. And everybody kind of laughed at him like, well, why are you doing that? That's a silly thing. And then like a week later, every church is shut down all across the country. <laughs> it's almost like this pop quiz, like, is what you are building able to be sustained and to grow even when you cannot meet on your campus? Is what you're building sustainable even if you cannot gather on the weekends? Is what you're building sustainable even if you cannot do any of your programs? And uh, I think this has been the best wake-up call that the church could ever have. Because I believe that what we're finding is churches that have a disciple-making culture are beginning to thrive in this environment, whereas churches that are more facility-based, program-based, weekend-based are beginning to struggle. And I think you're going to see this clear division because, after all, Jesus didn't have a facility. Jesus wasn't limited to the weekend, and Jesus didn't run any programs, and he was able to create a movement of multiplication. And so... Honestly, I think that as as we continue to, to tarp on disciple-making culture, pastors are just now beginning to wake up to the need that, hey, what we've been doing cannot really survive in a crisis like we're experiencing. Our church has thrived in this time period uh, simply because we already had all those relationships developed uh, a long time before. And we were just ready to mobilize in the community, sharing the gospel, investing in others. No, we really didn't miss much uh, along the way. Um, but just you asked for two things very quickly. Uh, one is, I think uh, we, we believe in keeping it simple. All right. So, you know, even though there's a lot of chaos, a lot of change, you can still gather with your group and you can still meet with your group and you can still invest in people. My wife just wrapped up uh, the last session of a group of women that she's been walking with for a long time. And she came in the door of my office as I was preparing for this. And she said, I've got a hundred percent multiplication in my group. Every woman that I'm discipling is multiplying. And, and I said, honey, you, you're killing me. I mean, you're so much better than I am. You know, you're doing great, you know, way to go. And we just had a little celebration that, even in this COVID craziness, man, she's seeing multiplication happen. And um, so I think continuing to meet with your group, continue to inviting people into uh, in disciple-making relationships, that doesn't have to change. Um, and I, I would say another thing is just take advantage of the chaos. What I mean by that is um, people often come to a crisis before they come to Christ. Uh, that's true just in evangelism. 
Uh, you can just see that all through the scripture. People mm-hmm. are in crisis, mm-hmm. and they come to Jesus, and then they find salvation. Well, the same is true in spiritual uh, growth. I think many times people come to a crisis, and that crisis reveals their need for spiritual growth and renewal and something different in their life. And so, honestly, this, this chaos can work in our favor uh, because people instinctively know, man, I, I'm unsettled. I, I need something other than just, you know, I, I can't go go to the, the worship service. I can't go here. What now I realize I need more. And um, so it's an open door for us to invite people into disciple making relationships. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Ogden. And in your experience, especially in these last uh, couple of months, as you meet with pastors, church leaders, do you have any additional strategies or or anything else that we might want to consider as we try and assist pastors and in staying and boy, I appreciate what you said, laser focused on the mission. And I think Dr. Etheridge gave some examples on how to do that. But is there some other things that you want to add as additional uh, ideas or processes to consider? Well, no, let me just echo what Craig has already said. Um, the, as, uh, as he said, this current circumstance really points up the kind of whether we have a good disciple-making infrastructure uh, in our church. So if you have built your ministries on larger Bible studies gathering or communities gathering, you can still get together, certainly on Zoom, but uh, it, you can really pretty seamlessly move, if you have a smaller discipleship group, straight to online and have a conversation with four people that actually works pretty well uh, in this uh, environment, just like we're doing here uh, today. So what I would say is uh, for, for pastors or churches, um, you know, you need to find what is that approach to the supplement making uh, that is a relational approach that is probably done in smaller units and uh, that will be sustained, uh, you know, whether your church is meeting in a location or not. Uh, so, uh, you know, churches that have broken down into subunits of disciple making, my guests, as Craig said, are doing quite well. Like I said, in our ministry, we call these micro groups because we think those groups uh, of three or four, that's the size that we recommend. Don't go any bigger than four. Don't go lower than three. Uh, we're not saying one-on-one because we think it's a group process that works much better uh, than that. And uh, so uh, in that environment, you see the transformational elements come together uh, for, for life change. So you have to pick an approach. What's the approach? Um, the, the church that I have worked with most closely, who actually done a better job at this, uh, as Craig says, his wife maybe has done a better job than he has. Well, I have other, other people who have done this better than I have. And my partner in ministry uh, saw his church uh, in Southern California go from zero to 150 discipleship groups in five years. Uh, and so their whole church was broken down on these subunits of microgroups. And uh, my guess is that, uh, that that church is doing quite well in terms of sustaining itself. The other thing I would say, uh, to be very, very practical, anything that's going to be a multiplication of disciple making uh, has to be accessible to the everyday believer. Hmm. Uh, they have to be able to have a, a ability to lead a, a, in a way that is open to the vast majority of people in your congregation. So if we create systems that are so complex and difficult that only a small group of people can do, um, then you're not going to have a multiplication movement. Um, and the, the nice thing about a micro group of three or four 
is most people can lead one of those groups. Because why? You're just having a conversation together over the scriptures. You're sharing your life. You're building trust. You're opening yourself to each other in a transparent relationship around the truth of God's word. You're applying that truth right where you live. Uh, it's not just a, a head knowledge Bible study that you're going to that is about information. This is about transformation. And most people can guide a conversation, especially if you have a, a curriculum that you're guiding people through. And then you, we train people in the groups. We don't have a separate training program for leading microgroups because we just rotate leadership in the groups. And everybody has led those groups multiple times. By the time you're done, we meet together for a year, a year and a quarter, uh, something to that effect. And uh, so they say, oh, this is a rocket science. I can do this. Uh, so I can, I can lead a conversation. I can invite people into the process. And so it has to be accessible to most of the folks in your church. Now, not, some people are, quote, as we say, relationally challenged. Um, so uh, may have a difficult time. I like Craig's suggestion, two by two. Uh, we, if we people, and we send people out who don't feel quite ready to do that on their own and invite three people to join them, we say pair up. Let's put you together with somebody else. Uh, probably, I mean, somebody else in that same group that you already know. And, uh, and then go find two others uh, in that fashion. So uh, those would be the two things I would say. You know, find a, 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 an approach that works, stick with it, and then make sure it's accessible to the vast majority of people in your congregation who can actually lead those, those groups itself. This was part one of How to Overcome Challenges in the Disciple-Making Process with Dr. Greg Ogden and Dr. Craig Etheridge. Stay tuned for part two. listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.